Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Uh, it's a little bit after the hour. Good morning, everyone. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al, hanging out on a Saturday once again. Happy Easter weekend, everybody. Hopefully you're enjoying some time with friends and family. Uh, we've got a show lined up here for you today, talking about finances, retirement, taxes, insurance. I don't think we'll probably talk about insurance. No, that's too boring. So you got Easter plans? No. No? Rest. Got, you're resting? Yeah. Okay. Go to church. Yeah. Are you one of the C&E Christians? I don't know what that is. Christmas and Easter only. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, you're welcome at our church. Yeah. Okay. Delmar Episcopal Church. Are you recruiting me right now, Alan? Yes. Oh, Jesus. We need to save you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Well, um, we have some things lined up. If you're going to retire... It's not like your parents' retirement anymore, Alan. It's a little different. It's right? A little, a little bit different. So I want to dive into you know some of the pitfalls and some of the challenges, but also some of the rewards uh, that you'll have um, looking at retiring here in the near future, because there's added responsibilities. But guess what? There's more opportunity. True. That they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Yes. But the downside is is that only one in three Americans have saved. Um, one in three Americans have saved zero dollars for retirement. One in three. One in three. That's why retirement has changed. That's <laughs> because there is no more there's retirement. No retirement. There right? is no retirement for a third of us. There's no retirement. Uh, wow. So, um, but yeah, what else do you? We, we got a bunch of stuff. We got, well, I do. Yeah, you know, you, you know, it's even worse for single women. Forty percent of single of unmarried women have saved less than a thousand dollars, according to 2016 Retirement Confidence Survey by Employee Benefits Research Institute. So it's a, it's a little better for unmarried men. It's 34%. Uh, married women, 22%. And married men, 12%. Have okay. saved less than 1000 bucks. But I guess that averages out to about one in three, which is your stat. Yeah. So, the, I mean, it's never too late to start. It's just kind of taking a look at, all right, well, what's the income source is going to be? And, you know, how, how are you going to do it, right? So it's, it's time to start planning. Is that we're, we're going to talk about that today? What? So people know how to do this, right? I, yeah, planning, I think, right? I, yeah, I suppose. It's not an Easter show? Nope, it's not okay. an Easter show. We can. I no. guess, yeah, I guess we'll get into finances. So, uh, Joseph. Yes. How has retirement changed since, I don't know, maybe 1985? All right, well, let's take a look at a couple. Okay. Who retired in, in 85. Wow, I guessed it right. Uh, and compared to someone who is retiring today, the difference is night and day. It's almost frightening. The couple that retired in 1985, Alan, their Social Security benefits made up 65% of their income in retirement. But it's a different story today. Now, your Social Security benefits will account for 27% of your income in retirement. So there's no way you can just rely on Social Security alone. Well, a lot of people still just count on Social Security benefits. Yeah, there's no way you can, but that's in the reality. A lot of people do because they don't have any choice. In the early 80s, nearly half of all private companies provided a company pension. But anyone who has a pension today, it's a rarity, unless they're a government employee or maybe a school teacher. Today, less than one in five companies offer a pension. Most people retiring these days will get nothing more 
than a hearty handshake on the way out the door. Maybe a little swift kick in the ass, too. So you can't rely on your company to help you with your retirement. The couple that retired in 1985, the husband was expected to live another 14 years. And the wife, 19. But if you're retiring today, a man can expect to celebrate his birthdays in the 90s. And his wife, uh, mid-90s. So today, you have to plan to make your money last that much longer. There are three examples how drastically things have changed over the last few decades, and there are a lot more. So here's the bottom line. For anyone retiring today, it's a whole new ballgame, and so is the way you will plan your retirement. So Al and I, we're going to reveal how planning for retirement has changed over the last 30 years, plus the uh, strategies we use with some of our own clients that could stand up to the challenges if you're retiring today. So you look at before, you had the shorter life expectancies. They had pension plans, right? And then they had Social Security. Today, we have longer life expectancies. The pension plans are not necessarily there. And then, um, you know, your, your Social Security benefit is not necessarily going to provide you close to 70% of your, your needs yeah, you know, it, it, well, from like a said, lifestyle. 27%. And, and uh, you know, I, I, it's funny because now this, this study that we're looking at says men are expected to live to 91, women to 94. That's quite a bit different than other studies w- that we've seen. But the point is, whichever study you look at, men and women are living longer. I think another study I saw, Joe, had, had a 65-year-old male living to about 84 and a 65-year-old female living to about 89. But interestingly enough, when you take two joint lives together, then there's a 50% chance that at least one of them is going to live to age 92. So the whole point of all this is you got to make sure that you you plan for your money to last a long time. And so here's the opportunity. The opportunity is we're living a lot longer and we get to enjoy our golden years longer, which is great. But we also have to have a plan to be able to cover because it's not just Social Security anymore. And as you just mentioned, it's about only one in five, less than one in five people that don't work for the government uh, have a pension. So four and five don't have a pension. And, and another thing, when you look at Social Security as, as well, and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, is that there's some changes coming up here, right, uh, that you have to act uh, before the end of April. That's right. Uh, when it comes to filing and suspending your benefits, taking, um, you, know, you, you know, if you turn 62 by the end of last year, you would still be able to claim a restricted application. Uh, but file and suspend is no longer, if you've turned full retirement age before April 28th, uh, there's some things that you want to consider. But when you file for your benefit and suspend them, just know that you're also claiming Medicare Part A, right? So you don't necessarily have to pay for this. And I found this out um, a couple of weeks ago, is that um, if you're still working and you want to file for your benefits and then suspend them, right? And if you have an HSA plan, a health savings account, where that you can put money into this health savings account, you have a high deductible health plan, and you have this HSA or health savings account that you can take a tax deduction by putting money into it, and then when you take the money out, it's going to be tax-free. So more uh, employers are having these plans. We have them at our company. But once you file for Medicare, right, so you file for benefits and suspend them, uh, that's going to also disqualify you for HSA. Um, Because you're on Medicare. You got it. Yeah. So you want to look at all the benefits here that file and suspend, I, th- I still think, will outweigh um, the, the, the lack of you putting money into a, a health savings account. Um, of course, it's depending on your overall situation. But the ability for you to file for your benefits and then suspend them, your benefits are going to continue to grow by 8%. And then that allows you, if your spouse is over 62, to claim a restricted application. 
right, to take um, the spousal benefit on your record, right? And so that's additional dollars that you would receive from Social Security. So you have to outweigh how much that you would receive additionally from Social Security Administration versus, you know, what is the tax savings and what's the true benefit of having the health savings account? You, you do. And, and uh, so when, we, when we've run the numbers, this strategy, which is going away at the end of April, can mean another $50,000 of income in a couple's pockets. And, and very simply, so the older spouse has to be age 66 by uh, April 29th. Now, Joe, some, some reports have said April 28th. Some say April 29th. Do it like by April 20th. I would do it tomorrow. The, you know, yeah, right, the, whatever. the latest, right? But anyway, you got to be 66. Let's just say you have to be 66 by the end of the month approximately, and you need to file for your benefits and suspend. Now, if you're already receiving your benefits or if you've already filed and suspended, there's nothing you have to do. It's only if you haven't received your benefits yet and you're age 66, and if your spouse is age 62, by the end of last year, you can still qualify for this spousal benefit where your spouse gets half of your benefit from age 66 to age 70 and still lets uh, his or her benefit continue to grow, and then they switch to their benefit fit at 70. So that's what's going away. If you have questions on this, go to um, purefinancial.com. There's a button there that says ask an advisor. Uh, so if you have a specific question about your situation, you can click on that. All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in just a second. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back uh, to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I am with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, happy Easter weekend. Uh, like I said, hopefully you're spending some uh, good quality time with uh, friends and family. Looking at retirement, there's myths, Al. You know, everyone's searching for this great answer, right? Maybe it's the best investment. Hey, if I just get the right investment or the right strategy. You know. Then I can live the lifestyle that I've always dreamed about. And uh so we, we see that, Joe, when, when folks are a little bit behind, uh, which unfortunately a lot of the baby boomers are behind. I mean, you just read that stat last segment, is that a third of all people out there have less than $1,000 saved. And we also know that the average 401k of the, of the baby boomers is, I think last time I saw it was around $90,000, maybe $100,000, something like that. That's pretty difficult to create a retirement income stream uh, while you're trying to you know, get through your golden years. Because if you think about this, if you're if you retire let's say you retire at 66 and your social security is paying around 30 percent maybe less 30 percent of your income and so let's just say you know your income is a hundred thousand dollars that's thirty thousand dollars and then let's also say that you have a hundred thousand dollars saved and most financial planners would say at least as a starting point probably take more than no more than four percent of that portfolio four percent of a hundred thousand dollars is only four thousand dollars so you were living on a hundred thousand now it's 34 so it's it's the reason why we do this show because we want you to be aware of of some of the pitfalls of retiring now if you're younger take heed and save as much as you can but if you're older and i think probably a lot of our uh, listeners are baby boomers or or even those that are older that have already retired and it's like now what right and i think uh, joe we 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 do like to say this and it sounds clichéic but it's true it's uh, there is a an answer no regardless of how old you are and what you have to start with at any age because you really can make your situation better in the future uh, by just doing a few things. For some of you, that's cutting expenses. For others, that's saving. Others, 
go get a part-time job in retirement, or maybe you delay your retirement, maybe wait till 70 to get your Social Security, or maybe, you know, you may not want to, but maybe you got to look at downsizing your home. There's all kinds of solutions so that you can live that life. I mean, how many times have we seen, Joe, people that uh, haven't quite saved enough, but they got a lot of equity in their home, and they say, I'm not going to sell the home. It's just off the table. Well, I respect that. I really respect it. But then do you realize there's really nothing else. I mean, you're basically living on rice and beans for 20, 30 years. Right. I had an individual came into the office, single um, woman. Uh, she's a, a nurse and uh, has some health problems, right? And she's freaking out. And, you know, she came to tears. It's like, you know what, Joe? I, I do not want to die on the job. You know, I have grandchildren that I want to visit and see, you know, and I haven't done a good job saving. You know, what the heck can I do here? It's so it's like, okay, well, let's just take a step back and figure out what you have, what you're trying to do, what, you know, what, what, what's the ultimate goal here? Because Al and I have seen people that have millions of dollars and they blow through their money very, very quickly. And we see other people that might have less than $100,000 and live a very comfortable retirement, right? So it's figuring out, all right, well, what does retirement look like to you? And this person's situation was like, I do not want to die on the job. I have some health issues. I have a stressful job. I would like to you know, spend time with my family, okay? And then if I spend time with my family, if I'm not working, then I can you know, work on my health. So it's like, all right, well, you're 62 years of age. So let's see what you have, right? Well, she's got a small pension. It's actually a large pension for most cases, a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, I 12, mean, that's better. That's better than most. Better right? than most, right? Mm-hmm. So twelve thousand bucks a year, and she made decent income throughout her life. Sure, but she raised three kids on her own, you know, so she didn't have a lot of savings. She had a hundred thousand bucks saved, okay, thousand dollar pension, and then she her, her social security at full retirement age is going to be roughly about twenty five thousand bucks. Okay, so and when she is sixty six, so yeah. four years from now, so thirty five thousand dollars, her pension would probably be a little bit higher maybe if she waited till then. If she yeah. waited till sixty six, sure. right? but she wants to retire now. Got it. She's got three hundred thousand dollars of equity in her home, right? But she also has a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage on her home that mm-hmm. she's paying, you know, close to thirty thousand dollars a year on. So she's like, well, I can move to um, maybe New Mexico where my daughter lives. All right. Well, is that something that you would want to do? Well, she's got a granny flat. I don't necessarily, you know, would have a mortgage. Like, and, and she thought she's in dire straits, right? There's no way she's going to be able to retire. She's going to have to work until she's 70. She's already, you know, um, freaked out that she's probably going to end up, you know, passing away at the job. Right. But it's like, right. no, all right, well, let's take a look. You have $100,000 saved. Then you have $300,000 of equity. You sell the home. Okay, so now that's four hundred thousand bucks. Then you have a pension of twelve thousand plus your social security. You take it now at sixty-two. You receive a twenty-five percent permanent haircut. What does that look like to you? Twenty thousand. Right? Can you live off of thirty, uh, forty thousand yeah. bucks a year? She's like, oh, I'm, without a mortgage, I could do a lot of things with that. You know, so sure. you know, just running numbers is all you really need to do. And she's like, I hate this stuff. I hate numbers. It intimidates me. I'm really good at my job, but and anything to do with finances, I don't want to look at it. I canceled this meeting three times on you. I know this because I, you know, I'm nervous about it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to. And this is, I think, very, very common for a lot of people. But then after that meeting, going through it, all right. Well, here, there's some solutions. So I'm not saying here, come and see me. I can, you know, create, you know, some magic. No, but I think. Most people don't look at it because they're either intimidated by money, they don't understand how money works, they might save or, or they don't want to face the music that, hey, they're a little bit behind, so let's not do anything at all. 
Yeah, and and I agree with you, Joe. I think most people, when they really take a step back and look at their situation, there is multiple solutions. What's to, the goal? I mean, right? and how important is it to you? And then once you get a game plan in place, I, I, I'll tell you what, you're going to be much more apt to achieve that goal if you don't do anything at all. Yeah, that's exactly right. And And, and then on the other hand, we have people that come into our office with millions of dollars, and they're still living like poppers. You know, they're very frugal, which that's a good thing. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just that when you get to the point where you're retired and you've saved a lot of money, why not enjoy some of that yourself? And I'm not telling you to be crazy. I'm just saying maybe it's okay to go on a cruise or or maybe it's okay to go on an extra trip or buy a a little bit nicer car. I mean, that... I mean, how often do we see that? And we see we a lot of well, times, people that save money out. They they don't know how to spend. That's right, and they can't. I mean, all, they're still saving in retirement. Yeah, they're my, reinvesting their dividends. They're right. rein, you know their RMDs. They're reinvesting that. They're not spending any money. So then, all right. So what what, what the heck's the money for? And, them? and my parents kind of fall into that camp, and they're in their early eighties, and and they tell me they they just say. I, I, we don't know how to spend that much. I mean, we're just we're not programmed that way. Right, we, and we, they, we, they wouldn't feel comfortable. To we them. grew up in the Great Depression. You know, right. and, and so as a consequence, they've saved everything they have. They've got four or five different storage units across Southern California. And, uh, you know, but that's but if that's you, you know, so you've got the other, the other problem. It's like you're fine in retirement, but now it's like at least understanding what you can do, what you can spend uh, successfully without running through your money. All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in uh, each and every Saturday right here. Um, you know, I, you know, our crack research team, Alan. They yeah, got out, you some good articles. Oh, my God. It's, it's so depressing. Oh, boy. What's, what's the headline? Oh, um, here's why more baby boomers won't enjoy retirement like their parents. Oh, boy. So, you know, we can talk about all these statistics. The Bureau of Labor Statistics predicts that more than a fifth of boomers, 65 and older, will be holding on a job in 2024. When their parents were the same age in 1994, only a tenth were still employed. Well, there's a lot of things kind of changed here. Yes, it's there not are. because uh, because we're living longer, we're more healthy, Right. We're more active. You know, part of this is just certain. It's just logical, right? So if we're living longer and we can be productive longer, we should be working longer. I mean, the last thing we want to do is sit around for 30 years and just say, all right, I guess I can hardly wait for that Social Security check to come by. Right. Boy, that was... You know, I lived um, in a uh, complex um, in a high-rise downtown San Diego for many years. Right. Right. And they would have to put a sign... Saying, mail's not here yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And really? so I go to the front desk. I'm, you know, I talk to the, the, the lobby attendants. I'm like, what, what, what's, what's up with the sign? Yeah. He's like, you wouldn't believe it. Everyone, I mean, everyone comes know, down. Everyone that's Every 15 retired. minutes, some people come down. The mail come yet? Is the mail here yet? <laughs> so they got tired of saying no. Is so the mail here yet? Just put up a sign. Here. I mean, look, it's look just like, well, are you waiting for like a, a paycheck? I could see that, but it's like the same people every day <laughs> waiting for the mail to come. Well, I that's, don't, you know, that's a little sad. I mean, when when it comes to retirement, I, we are a lot healthier, and uh, we know that being in better shape, eating better, sleeping more, uh, uh, and then having having kind of a plan for our leisure time, we know how important that is to our overall well-being. 
And if you've, if you've got that, Joe, you can really enjoy your retirement. A lot of people don't, though. A lot of people just retire because they've been working so hard. They just assume that when they get to retirement, it's like everything's going to be fine. I, I, you know, I love golf. I'm going to play that all the time. And I want to read the newspaper every morning. But uh, Yeah, but, you know, with, the, with some of our clients, they love golf. And they'll, you know, then they'll say, yeah, I can't wait to play golf every day. And right after six months, they're like, you know what? I'm never, yeah, I'm never playing I, I this wanna, again. I want to go back to work. Yeah, I because wanna... I'm stuck behind this also uh, awful foursome. <laughs> every time I play, you know, I'm getting a little bit better, and then everyone else around me is getting a lot worse. That's right. And so these rounds of golf is just taking up all. Yeah, so you know, yeah, it, it, it sounds the grass is always greener, isn't it? Well, I'll give I'll give a little story. So my my parents, my my dad and mom, uh, my mom. Basically, um, she's a college graduate, uh, education, uh, but she never really worked in her field because she raised four children, me being one of them. And when they retired, they didn't really retire. My mom basically got a, a job with the Park Service, National Park Service. She worked at Cabrillo National Park and then Yosemite. And uh, my dad actually retired at age 57 from finance uh, and then joined her first volunteer with the Park Service. And then he actually got a, a kind of a part-time paid position. But here's the point. The point is when my parents retired, they didn't just retire, retire. They actually had something to go do and something that, that gave them a lot of passion. And I'm not saying you should be a park ranger, but that's what that's what was their passion. But whatever your passion is, you got to be planning that out before you actually retire. Yeah, we talk about um, like dress rehearsal when it comes to money. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, here, you want to make sure that you have enough money. But I think more importantly, in some cases, it's like, all right, well, if the money's there now, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to spend it? How are you going to spend your time? You know, and, and, and as you said in a couple segments ago, it's like th- there's people that are so afraid to, to run out of money right. that they don't spend it. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, all right, well, here, I really wanted to go on the cruise or do this or do that. And they don't necessarily do it because it's like, oh, man, you know, I'm not used to spending money. But you know what's going to happen to you? They're going to die. And then the kids are going to get it. And what are they going to do with the money? They are going to spend it. I they are definitely it. going to spend it. So you want to enjoy your retirement, but having a plan in place. And here's what a plan is. Take a look at, all right, and here's something really easy everyone can do. You don't have to sit down with an advisor, a plan, or whatever. Take a piece of paper, write out what you want to spend. You know, you're probably spending 50, but maybe you want to take an extra trip. Maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to double that. Spend 100000 whatever. Just write it out. Even though you probably will never spend it, just bear with me here. Write it out, whatever that number is. Okay? Extravagant number. Take your Social Security and your pensions, whatever that you have, real estate income, take your fixed income sources, subtract it from that number. So you want to spend $100,000. $50,000 is what you have in fixed income. You're short fifty grand. So you need fifty grand from somewhere. 50000 from your investments, right? So then multiply that number by 25, right? And then that will give you what you need to maintain that lifestyle. So what's that? Just a little over yeah. 1.2 million bucks. Yeah, million two fifty. If you have 2 million bucks, right? Well, then you can spend a little bit more money because you only need 1.2 to cover that. You have 2 million, let's say. Yeah, and so that's what goes on your piece of paper. Now, of course, you can fine tune this and get, get it more accurate. Some people can spend a little bit more than others because of a lot of different factors, like how you invest, how young you are when you retire, your, uh, the longevity, and, and really how you like to spend. But that's a really good starting point. And uh, I would say, Joe, we, we have people come into our office every single week, 
and we ask a simple question, have you done this calculation? And I would say if it's 1 in 50, I'd be surprised. And it's not really that complicated. People lose sleep over this. It's like, I don't know if I can retire or I don't know I did retire. I don't know if my, my uh, savings is going to last a lifetime. You go through this simple calculation. You can Everyone can do it. And then you, you have at least a ballpark idea. Of course, like I say, there's other factors, but at least it gives you, it puts you in the ballpark. Right. And I think... I was teaching at um, a community college here over the week. And another way you can do this is just look at what your Social Security and pensions are going to be if you have a pension. Right? Go to ssa.gov, right, first of all. And if you haven't done that, so you know what your Social Security benefits approximately are going to be in retirement. So you look at it, all right, well, here I got uh, 2000 a month. My spouse has got 2000 a month. So that's 4000 a month total for the family. So you look at, all right, well, 48, I'm going to round up to 50,000 bucks. All right. You fine with that, Alan? Yeah. All, all right. right. I'll, I'll go with that. So you look and say, all right, well, $50,000 is going to come to me as a fixed income source. All right. All right. Well, then you look at your liquid assets. How much money do you have saved? Look at your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, liquid assets, mutual funds. Take a, and add all that up and then take 4% of that. So let's say you have $100,000 saved. Okay, well, 4% of $100,000 is $4,000. bucks, 54 grand. That's what your starting point is. And if you're fine with $54,000, retire. If that's not nearly enough to provide your lifestyle, well, then you have a starting point. I mean, this is just a one-page quick sketch on a piece of paper that if people would do, I think they would be 95% ahead of the game. I think so. And, and so the first part of that worksheet, just write, write down... What you have, what you what you want to spend, or, or what your goal is even, and uh, what fixed income you have, do that little calculation we just went, and then draw a line. The other half of the worksheet, I want you to put down how you're going to fill your time. What's going to give you purpose? Get What's going to get you up in the morning? And I don't want it to be, I'm going to read the paper till noon, and then I'm going to wait to see if the mail comes in. Right? right. That's not enough. We, I can tell you, and I'm not retired. I'm just telling you, we talk to retirees all the time, and they tell us that it's not enough. you got to have something that you're passionate about. Right. I mean, in life, you make choices, and with choices come some consequences. Take uh, the stairs or ride the elevator. I don't know. Eat an apple or a candy bar. Drink a Coke or a glass of water. Go to the doctor or ignore the symptoms. Planning for your retirement is no different, and you have a choice. You can create a plan. Or you can just hope for the best. In either way, there will be consequences. But having no plan is almost destined to be a very, very bad ending. All right, we got to take another break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson, certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Uh, you know, when you look at retirement income, Alan... I still hear this, and I would imagine you do too. You know, I will be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. Yes, we hear that all the time. Because I have only $30,000 of Social Security income. If yeah. I, that's if I claim it at age 70, and I only have $30,000 of income. How uh, I'm making $100,000 today. How am I going to be in a higher tax bracket? Yeah, they and a lot of people are shocked when they find out how different kinds of retirement income are taxed. And I, I want to go through, Joe, maybe the six most common types of retirement income, and we'll kind of go through how they're taxed so you know and understand this. And, and the first one right off the bat has to be what we call tax-deferred accounts, uh, also known as IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, TSP-type plans. So when you take the money out of those accounts, guess what? It's all income. 
I mean, there's a couple exceptions. Maybe you got some after-tax money, but 99% of the money that you take out of there will generally be taxed as ordinary income. So what does that mean? Well, that's taxed the same as your salary, except you don't have to pay Social Security taxes and Medicare, but it's the same tax rate. So in your example, Joe, if you're spending $100,000 and your and your Social Security is, is 30, you're used to spending 100 because that was your salary. Social Security is 30000 Where do you get the other $70,000 from? Well, if it's all in your 401k, guess what? That's all taxable. You're in the same tax bracket. And this is where a lot of people get really surprised in retirement because they didn't realize they had to be taxes on these accounts. Right. I mean, it's like, well, no, it's capital gains tax. We just heard that. It's like, well, no, I thought these plans were going to be great because I could put money in, get a little bit of tax deduction and all that growth. Well, yeah, I know I had to pay tax, but I didn't know it was going to be at this rate. Right. You know, I thought I was going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. So I assumed um, 15%. Well, when you save you know, a couple million bucks, and you want to spend a couple hundred thousand, you're not going to be in the 15% tax bracket, even though your Social Security benefits is only 22000 bucks. Right. Because all of the other income to provide for your lifestyle is taxed exactly like your paycheck. So, you, I mean, to really dive in deep into this is that you have to look at, of course, what are your deductions, exclusions, and exemptions going to be in retirement? And a lot of you that listen to this program have paid off their house in retirement. Right. So, so you, you got the deductions. standard deduction and a couple mm-hmm. exemptions. So your deductions are going to be potentially a lot lower in retirement than they were when you might have had kids and a big mortgage and everything else. Right. Now, the second one would be your taxable accounts. So these are assets outside of retirement. It could be stocks and bonds, mutual funds, real estate. So there, if you hold an asset for at least a year and a day and you sell it, you get a special long-term capital gains rate. So now we've got something here. Now we've got a more favorable tax rate. And that tax rate is 15% long-term capital gain rate for most people. Some people pay 20. Some people actually pay zero. When you're in the lowest couple tax brackets, your capital gains are tax-free, believe it or not, at least on federal, not on state. But if you're in a high tax bracket, then that uh, capital gains rate goes to 20. And then you got to add the net investment income tax on that, which That's, is another, what, call it 4%. Call it 4%, so almost 24%. So Plus state, 10. Yes, plus state is 10. So you think, wow, this is a cheap tax, but you got all these things add up over time. Now, a lot of people are surprised when they, you know, when we talk to them and they, and we, they, they show us their situations and they've got a whole bunch of money in their 401ks, a whole bunch of money in their, their, their taxable accounts, non-retirement accounts, and they got that invested for income right? Maybe a high paying bond fund or something like that, or CDs. And they got all their stocks in the 401k. Now that's exactly backwards how you want it because stocks grow more than fixed income investments. And all that growth in your 401k, when you pull it out is taxed at the highest tax rates, ordinary income. You'd actually rather have your stocks outside of your retirement account so you can at least take advantage of the capital gain rate. Yeah, but then there's fallacy there too, Al, because it's like, all right, well, it depends on your age too. It depends on if you're in a retirement income strategy or if you're in a growth strategy because tax deferral compounding on right is 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 key yeah and i i would say it this way when you're younger i'm totally fine with that but when you're when you're in retirement then it's a little different mentality right because now you're you're creating income and i guess to the point is is that the strategies that you heard and that you learned to accumulate wealth has to change right once you get to retirement because this whole retirement income planning is relatively new because before, as we talked about, 1985, people lived eight years in retirement. They had a pension and Social Security. They yeah. didn't have to create a retirement income that lasted them 20 years. Yeah, there was, yeah, exactly. And it was all taxed ordinary income. Right. And then the, the brokerage world, the insurance world, was just saying, okay, well, here, save money. 
and you know you want to save money, defer all, get a tax deduction, and defer all this money as long as you possibly can. I mean, that was the norm. That was the planning. If you got any advice at all over the last 20 years, that's the advice people received. Yeah, save no. as much as you can in these deferred accounts. Don't pay taxes. But then now, guess what's happening? All this money's in these deferred accounts. And now they have to pull them out, and they're taxed at ordinary income rates. Ordinary income rates, in our opinion, are going up. Right? So maybe that whole strategy might not have been as great as it might once have led us on to. Now, for those, Joe, that have been listening to our show and have been uh, doing Roth IRA contributions, Roth conversions, uh, you'll be very happy to know that as you take money out of those accounts, it's all tax-free, 100% tax-free. So difference there, it's a it's still a retirement account. When you do a contribution, uh, if you qualify, your income has to be at certain levels. But if you qualify, then you you don't get a, you do not get a tax deduction. But all that money goes in there and it grows 100% tax free. Or if you do a Roth conversion, then yes, you have to pay tax on what you converted, just as if you received it. But all future growth and in income from a conversion is also tax free. And there's some five year rules and some some things you got to be aware of. But wow, it wouldn't it be something if you had some of your income in retirement in a Roth IRA? Because instead of pushing yourself up into these higher tax brackets, well, maybe you fill up those those lower brackets with income that is taxable, like Social Security and 401k, and you take the rest of your income from a Roth IRA, which is 100% tax-free, so you avoid the higher tax brackets. Right. I mean, it, you have to look at... You know, and then people kind of get in the weeds here, too, and, and I, myself included on the show for the last 10 years, is like really examining and getting into details of, man, if you do a conversion at this rate and pay this tax, and this is what, you know, bottom line is that Alan and I have been given this type of advice for many, many years, and no one's ever come back to us and say, you know what, guys, I'm so upset with you because I have all this money into a Roth IRA. Once it's in the Roth IRA, they kind of forget about the, the, the tax. Or if you have a Roth 401k plan, Right. If you're, you know, oh well, uh, I'm in the 28 percent. Should I go in the Roth IRA or should I go in the standard 401k? Well, do you want tax-free income in retirement? Are you willing to pay a little bit of tax today? Then go to the Roth 401k. Right. It's behavior. It's like, all right, well, no, I want to take the deduction, but you're going to spend the deduction anyway. So if you don't spend it and save it on the tax and get it into a tax-free environment, I don't know. I'm just a huge fan that in down the road that people when they retire that have significant assets in a tax-free pool are going to be very, very happy. They're, they are a lot more flexible. And you hit on something really important, Joe, which is behavior. And the thing is, if you get the tax deduction for putting your money into a 401k, well, your taxes are lower. That's great. Love that, right? But what's are you going to save it? Most of us don't. Most of us spend it. Right. And if we get it in the Roth IRA, then... We don't have any choice. We're still paying that tax. Right, right. So I didn't, you know, I, I didn't go uh, to a couple of restaurants. Yeah. I got the money into a tax-free component, and all that money's growing tax-free for, for the rest of my life. Yeah, because I guess the bottom line to me is the taxes don't stop when your paycheck does. All right, we got to take another break. show's called Your Money or Wealth. Uh, we'll be back in just a second.